Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swim. I'm not strong. There we go. Now I'm hearing myself. There we go. Okay, Granny, are you there? Yeah, now I can hear you all. Now I, I can hear, hear There we go. <laughs> okay, I hear all right. <laughs> okay, well, we're, everybody's here. So uh, we got a big show tonight, and we're going to uh, tell everybody about uh, what uh, uh, who we got on tonight. Uh, as a matter of fact, let's do that right now. First off, we have Michael Learned. Uh, she uh, used to be in the Waltons, uh, for all you Walton fans here on 89.1 Ken's FM. That'll be a real treat for you. And then we also have, uh, I always have trouble pronouncing his name. Uh, his name is Ma- uh, Manu uh, Interami. Uh, he was in uh, the um, uh, Star Trek and a few other good uh, flicks, so we'll talk to him. And the one that I've been waiting for for uh, over a year, I booked her over a year ago, we have Heidi Hollecker, and she, of course, was in Valley Girl, and uh, she was in uh, the Malibu Bikini Shop and uh, the Joys of uh, Love Making and all that other good stuff. So we'll talk to her, and we'll have some fun. Granny, catch us up. What was uh, what did you do this uh, last past week? Anything good? Anything interesting? Uh, well, David and I helped with a fall festival at the American Legion in Rogers. We had games, we had a cakewalk, we had a pie auction, and so we did that on Saturday. And I've got rest, two wrestling shows this weekend, so I'm looking very forward to that. Going to be getting to see James Storm again, so that'll be a lot of fun on Saturday. And then... We're going to be at a show on Saturday with a bunch of our WFC friends that we're going to actually get to see uh, Matt Cardona and Jacob Fatu is going to be a part of that big show. So uh, it's going to be an exciting weekend of wrestling. I can't wait. And if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, I believe that uh, we found out uh, this weekend Matthias is uh, also not only an uh, awesome wrestler, he's also a great bowler, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, as a matter of fact, I uh, was... Not only last week did I win uh, my tag team match, um, then the next week, or just last uh, Sunday, or Saturday, I should say, I bowled in a tournament with a few of my, or my friend's kid, um, in this youth league tournament type style thing, and I almost got a perfect game. Almost did. I was off by like 20 pins, so I, I got close, but no cigar on that one. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, I uh, I myself am am not a very good bowler at all. I, I'll admit, I'll freely admit this. When I was in a bowling league, my team had a handicap, and it was me. I'm not ashamed <laughs> to admit that. Of course, there's other uh, celebrities around the uh, the uh, the world that would say I'm not a very good athlete either, such as uh, Billy Crystal, and we'll t- we can always talk about that later on. We got a big show as always, and of course here on eighty nine point one Kens FM, uh, we're still uh, 
working on uh, raising money for the station to power the tower. The way I understand it, we got some uh, shirts coming that uh, fans will be able to buy and uh, wear those and uh, be a proud supporter of 89.1 Kim's FM. Here on Attitude Air Live, we always support 89.1 Kim's FM. He lets us do our show every week, and we always come to you live. And we have such a good time doing that and entertaining our fans. So as we're waiting for our first guest to call in, we can talk a little bit about some other things going on. we got uh, big shows for the remainder of the year. I'll go ahead and uh, update this right now and then let everybody know that next week we're going to have uh, Eddie Munster on with us, who, of course, was Butch Patrick, played by Butch Patrick. Little known, uh, little unknown fact about Butch Patrick. Uh, did you got were you guys aware that his father was actually from Grand Forks, North Dakota? That I did not wow. know. No. Yeah, a great uh, baseball player from the California Angels. Ken Hunt was his father. Him and his uh, uh, Ken Hunt and his mom uh, met on the uh, set of the Monsters. Eddie Munster goes to bat. I believe the episode was. Which is cool about, and uh, I'm not going to ruin all of it because I want him to tell a story, but another little unknown fact about uh, Ken Hunt, who, of course, is Butch Patrick's father, uh, used to play against Raj Maris, who was here from Fargo, North Dakota, and uh, there was one game they played against each other. Ken Hunt hit a long fly ball to deep center field, and Raj Maris jumped up, leaped up into the stands and robbed Ken Hunt of a home run in Yankee Stadium. And the interesting thing about that is I do believe that was maybe the first and only time that uh, two North Dakota ball players uh, were involved in one major play in a Major League Baseball game. So that's kind of interesting, a little tidbit for everybody that uh, loves those little sports tidbits. And we continue. Granny, so you have, uh, do you have any other wrestling uh, going on this weekend? Uh, any events that you have uh, going on those, this weekend? Just those two shows on Saturday and Sunday, so. Matthias, how about you? What uh, What's new in the Matthias tour? Well, after I, uh, I don't know if, uh, is my mic still on? It is. Okay, because I'm still kind of, my, my, my feedback's a little low now, but uh, after defeating uh, DeLorean Diggs and downtown Petey Brown, on uh, on October 23rd and BZW at Wapaton, I now will go to my next show, which was supposed to be November 12th for GLCW, but we never really stayed in contact about the booking, so I just decided not to do that show. But November uh, 19th my, will be my next show in uh, Duluth, Minnesota for Below Zero Wrestling, where I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, I'll be taking on downtown Petey Brown, one-on-one, which will then lead to my big upcoming uh, eight-man tag team match against one half of the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton, his son Kenny, or Carrie, excuse me, and downtown Peter Brown and DeLorean Diggs versus all the Sly guys. And then my next show after that will be uh, December 11th for BZW in Horace, North Dakota, followed by December 17th where I defend my APW World Heavyweight Championship in uh, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, and then it'll be uh, the uh, bookings will go on into next year. So you're going to be wrestling in Horace, North Dakota. I will be on uh, December uh, December 11th. From what I hear, I don't have a match scheduled, but I'll be cutting a uh, big time Sly Guy promo. So uh, we'll see how uh, that all goes, and maybe I'll have a match. We're just uh, we're not sure yet. We haven't uh, decided whether I'm going to have an opponent or not. 
And this just in, tonight at 11 p.m., join us for a Halloween treat for the series Alien Voices with Spock, is it Spock VRSQ? Versus Q. Uh, Spock versus Q from Star Trek series. It features Leonard Nimoy and John D. Delancey at their finest. Join us at 11 p.m. for the Battle of Wits and Logic on 89.1 Ken's FM. And, uh, Happy Halloween from 89.1 Kent FM. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the man right here, you haven't had any trick-or-treaters yet tonight, have you? I haven't been around for trick-or-treaters. Uh, well, you know, it's it's funny. You know, driving through... Um, <clears throat> Are you there? I am. Go ahead. Yeah, we we, right we got a few minutes, sir. Yeah, I wasn't around for trick-or-treaters tonight. I didn't see any at all. Really? Yeah. Um, Actually, when I was leaving for supper, I did see... Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, I was kind of hoping that Matthias, uh, uh, for some reason, am, am I? Uh, can you guys do you guys hear me echoing right now? Yeah, a little bit. No. Why is that? I I don't hear no echo, but I mean, you sound pretty clear on my end. But... Oh, okay, is that better? Yeah, that that helps a little bit. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, you know, I'll tell you, we we like I say, we. Yeah, well, we don't, we don't, yeah, we only got about uh, uh, three or four minutes here before. Uh, and, and Ken, I want you to stick around for this one. Uh, for uh, I, I'm sure you used to watch the Waltons back in the day. I did. All right. Well, good. John Boy. All right. Well. Remember the episode where he actually built a crystal radio, AM radio set to pick up stations. And I think his dad gave him a bunch of crap about that. I don't remember the gist of that, but I do That was Jim Bob that built the radio. Long wire antenna and everything. Well, you know, here's here now you guys are gonna take this the wrong way. Okay. Uh Grant uh and and Matthias, correct me if I'm wrong here, Granny and uh Ken over there, they were uh they were around for when the Waltons actually was running uh weekly on prime time. That thank you, prime time. Matthias and I were not. We've seen him in uh, reruns. So I'm going to. Well, I still watch. I still watch the rerun episodes. But it was Jim Bob that built the radio. Jim Bob the built, okay, Jim Bob built the, the radio. Jim Bob, not John Boy. John Boy was the oldest. All right, and then uh, Ken. And then uh, Ken, well, John Boy uh, was uh, the oldest son, but Jim Bob was the one that made up the TV and everything, so they could see John Boy on the television. All right, and you know, I wonder if tonight. I wonder if we'll get a good night, John Boy. I hope so. <laughs> uh, we anyway, she'll be she'll be calling here in the next three minutes. Uh, and then Ken, I'll have you read this copy because uh, again, because uh, you know how to pronounce these names, uh, you know. People are like. Ever watched the Star Trek? I guess it was more of the Next Generation uh, series where John Delancey played Q. Q was like an entity that everybody just hated. He was despised, and uh, but he was uh, uh, of a uh, a different nature and uh, was able to create what we would probably call miracles. But in his, uh, it was just self-satisfaction stuff. Well, Ken, were you a Trekkie? Yeah. Well, good. Then you're going to stick around for the second guest, too, then. Uh, uh, that's uh, Manu 
uh, Interayami. Uh, he was. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to have him introduce himself, and then he uh, once he pronounces, then I'll forget it. He was on Star Trek Voyager. Uh, he played uh, Ishib, I believe. Uh, I know people like listen, like, don't you know how to pronounce these people's names before they come on? No, I don't. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure he'll be able to help you out. Well, yeah. So Ken, we're going to have you stick around for the first two guests. Uh, because generally, you know, we uh, we have uh, we usually have uh, four people here on the show. We have me, uh, the host. We have Granny, uh, the resident uh, um, Granny, and we have Matthias, the resident wrestler, and we have uh, Big Swing, who never wants to join us anymore because, uh, well, you know, he he's always doing other stuff. Oh my God! Who the hell cares? At the Guess most what? annoying time sometimes. Hello, Big Swing. Yeah. He, he's, he is listening. So, uh, uh, Ken, do you want me to switch you over to a different uh, uh, mic, or you still want to use that one? Uh, oh, you got to have headphones on. Okay. All right. There we go. Now I, now I can hear what's going on. All right. And then, uh, well, we've we, we still got a few minutes here. So, Ken, how is the pledge drive going? Well. Or shouldn't have I asked that? <laughs> The, uh, the Halloween fundraiser is done. Uh, it actually will finish tonight at midnight. And uh, uh, we got a number of great donations. And uh, we actually sold several clocks, which uh, we're really fortunate in selling. And uh, let's see what else. I love those clocks, by the way. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I don't know if we've got any new members or not. But anyway, unfortunately, we weren't able to put on an actual show. But we had tons of live entertainment and uh, performances right here in the studio. And I got to meet a number of new bands and new artists and musicians and uh, was very, uh, very lucky to be able to meet them, talk to them, and uh, put them on the air and let them play live. And uh, we've got some really talented people. <coughs> awesome. And uh, I'm working on uh, getting you some uh, ba- uh, bands as well, not banners, some bands. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you guys want to talk amongst yourself, I'm going to try and call our guest. I think she may have forgot that she has to call us instead of us calling her, but I'm going to give this a shot here. So I take it she hasn't called in yet? No. So you guys can go ahead and talk amongst yourself while I'm doing this. Is that you and me or me and Granny? (laughs) Whichever one, whoever wants to take the wheel, I suppose, on all this. You guys can talk about the wall. Go ahead, Matthias. Go ahead, Matthias. (laughs) What am I supposed to do? Brag about myself? I do that consistently. I don't I can talk know. about myself I don't all I know. want. <laughs> well, I could tell you all that I won the dessert contest Saturday at the fall festival with my German chocolate black forest cake. I won first place, so <laughs> Well I mean Well, I mean I could've I could have won the best contest going as Buzz Lightyear downtown, but we didn't stick around for for any of the costume contests because everybody had a little too much to drink before they can even start. Well, I have to tell you we had uh we got um, uh, Icon. I got to call him Icon now, but I knew hey, Scott. Uh, I, I, I've always known him as Scott. But uh, okay. he was invited over yeah, to the house here because uh, we put on a dinner, uh, you know, kind of Everyone, supper for uh, the volunteers and stuff for the station. Yeah. And uh, we got a number of people uh, uh, to come over. And Granny's going to love this. I made my killer apple crisp. From Dang. The, uh, from the Ooh, that sounds yummy. Backyard. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, that sounds you know, yummy. And I missed that. Oh, you missed the second one. You got the first one, didn't you? Yeah, so did Matthias. Yeah. yeah, the one time you brought it down here. Yeah, we got that the first time. Is there any left? No. Nope. Of course not. We, <laughs> we obliterated that entire, uh, uh, it was in a little uh, uh, ceramic uh, casserole dish. We obliterated that in about five minutes. There were like, uh, uh, I think there was three of us or four of us, and uh, there are six slices in that uh, casserole dish. And they were gone in 10 minutes. People love that apple crisp. Okay, gentlemen, we need to take a quick little commercial break, then we're going to go to our guest. We'll be right back on here. Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, direct from the set of Netflix uh, Dahmer movie and the star, the reason why the Waltons was such a big hit, I have Michael Learn. <laughs> You How got are me. You? Hi, I'm good. Right. How are you? Good. Uh, here's what we're going to do here. We're going to have you uh, introduce, uh, we're going to have you give us a little background about yourself, and then I'll ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and then we'll have uh, two of your biggest fans ask you the majority of the questions, and then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. Okay. I don't want to do an intro about myself. I'll just tell you who I am. Sure, that's fine. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, you uh, actually started out uh, uh, before before the Waltons. You were on a few other things before the Waltons, correct? That's correct. But mostly television uh, in Canada, not not here. I believe you're on a TV show called Play Date, and then you're on a TV series called Festival, and uh, you did a few other things. Uh, then uh, you uh, were on the Waltons. Tell us, how did you uh, get hooked up with the Waltons? God knows. I think I think an angel was sitting on my shoulder or something because I really needed that show. And I drove down in my little VW Bug and I stayed at a twelve buck a night uh, motel and auditioned. Uh, went to meet a bunch of guys who were sitting around this big table and um, they said, "Would you be willing to test?" And I said, "Sure." And um, so the next thing I knew, somebody was sticking a hat on my head and um, handing me some clothes that were supposed to be John Boy's clothes that that I sewed for him or something and I well, I was like a big haze I I, I vaguely it's it's like I was in a bubble and uh, the next thing I knew I got a phone call saying you are now the mother of America and it was I just it was beyond imagining for me <laughs> it was so um so timely and so um I was really thrilled we have uh, uh, Michael Lerner as our guest here. We're on 89.1 Ken's FM. We have 25 minutes here with Michael. One thing I do want to ask, though, is, uh, you know, uh, how, how the name came about, Michael. Uh, do you have a story about There's got to be a story about that. Well, I think a few martinis might have been the real 
thing behind my name. But when I asked my father, why did you name me Michael? I was the oldest of six girls, and he hadn't given up yet. Um, I said, why did you name me Michael? And he said, well, had you been a boy, we would have named you Caleb. But as you were a girl, we decided to name you Michael. So you go figure that out. Well, you know, well, you know it's kind of... It's kind of interesting how you say that because uh, my parents, not any, that anybody cares, had uh, two uh, two girls, and uh, they thought that I was going to be one too. I'm glad I'm not. But uh, uh, they, uh, uh, my aunt actually uh, thought that she was going to have another boy, and uh, she came up with the name Scott Jerome, uh, who uh, is my alter ego, and uh, my. My father and mother came up with the girl's name, Paula, and my uh, aunt and my parents just kind of switched names. So I became Scott Jerome, and uh, my cousin became Paula, and the rest is history, and here we are. And uh, we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. But uh, I'm going to ask a few more questions, and we'll do a a roundtable here. So now when you – and one thing I've never asked an actress or actor on this uh you know you were on the waltons for seven years did you think when you first started out on the show that was going to last that long heck no no um no we ralph and i both we thought oh i thought this i'd been doing uh television in canada but i hadn't done any tv here and um i thought it would just be a, a nice little thing to put on my resume yes and i did a couple of days on a show called the waltons neither of us thought for for one minute that it was going to last as long as it did, which was, what, I think nine seasons or maybe ten even, because I left in the eighth season, I think, and it went on on long after that, for a couple of years after that, I think. And uh, we all know know the story how you you knocked Flip Wilson right off the number one slot, and Geraldine was gone. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry about that. Well, and who knew? Uh, Nobody guessed that that could possibly... The, the critics actually kept the show alive because um, the critics gave it... They were so behind the show, they really liked it. And um, I think they kept it going long enough for it to catch on. Uh, we're we're going to do a roundtable here. And now, first off, we'll start with Granny, uh, who always wished that uh, you would uh, make uh, famous apple pie <laughs> uh, for her when she was a kid. But, uh, Granny, what do you have for... Uh, Olivia Walton. From Granny well, to Granny, hi. Yes, and it is a pleasure and honor to have you on our show. And, you know, my gimmick name is Granny Hulkster because I'm a big wrestling, professional wrestling fan. I love to watch professional wrestling. So I have a lot of independent <laughs> wrestling friends. But my real name is Lori Burt, so that's my real name. But I still So to she wants day, you to find her on Facebook then. I still hi, watch. Lori. I still watch. um the Waltons, I mean, I grew up watching the Waltons. I mean, I loved that show. I mean, I had so many favorite episodes. I mean, today, as a matter of fact, I was watching the Thanksgiving story where John Boy had the accident and got hit in the head, and he, you know, he was trying to get into college, and and Jason went to work for the Baldwin sisters. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And they said, we want to adopt Jason. <laughs> I didn't even know it was still on. I thought they took it off the yeah. air just a no, week ago or No, something. no, they still, they, it, well, I live in Arkansas, and on um, the Hallmark Channel, on our cable TV, the Hallmark Channel, 
Mm-hmm. It's on one of our our cable channels, so I watch it like Aww. basically like and, just and, about and every day. And the walls are still. The walls are still high in the ratings on that channel, believe it or not. So yeah, but it's it, but it's like on the Hallmark Channel. But yeah, but I just I and I had so many favorite episodes. But you had you had such of a talented cast of people to work with. I mean, Richard Thomas, Ellen Corby, you know, <laughs> Grandpa. I mean, Ralph Way. I mean. Such as, I mean, everybody, I mean, you had such a great amount of talent to work with all those years. And what the kids, one of, you know, the kids what, were yeah. the show, really. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I think um, children are, are just in the moment, so they just would go off to school and then they'd come in and do, do a little scene and then off to school they'd go. And they, when they were doing the scene, they were right there in the moment and then they'd click it off and go back and study algebra or whatever they were doing in that trailer. <laughs> and I think another one, one of my favorite episodes was when Mary Ellen got married to Curtis Willard. He got, she got married to the doctor. She was going to marry David and she was engaged to be married to David. And then Curtis Willard came to Walton's mountain and he became the doctor. <laughs> they yeah, can you blame her? Married. I mean, God, he was adorable. So <laughs> you can't blame her. And can then, you? You no, know, and and then the episode when John Curtis was born. I mean, you know that was yeah. that was a big episode too. I mean, there were so many of my favorite episodes. I mean, I had a lot of favorite episodes over the years watching those, watching well, the Waltons. I, I think it was a good show, and it came about at a time when when people wanted that kind of nostalgia, that sense mm-hmm. of a simpler time. You know, it it comforted uh, Michael me. Michael is our guest here. We're on 89.1 Kids FM. We got about 19 minutes now, uh, Michael. I was telling you before uh, uh, before we came on here, uh, we actually have a big fan of yours that actually drove all the way across town to be on the air with us tonight, uh, and he goes by KB. Uh, what do you have for our guest there, KB? Go ahead. KB. Huh? Yep, that's your new wrestling name. A, new, a, a wrestling name. KB. Yep. <laughs> wow. I feel well, I'll tell you what, Michael. We watched you guys religiously when I was growing up. I'm probably obviously a lot uh, younger than you, but uh, we I watched you in, in high school. And it was one of those family shows that kind of rated right up there with, like, Lassie. I don't know how many people remember that show, but it was one of those family shows that just, just kind of attracted everybody in the family to the TV set for that hour. And uh, I thank you for providing that entertainment. But uh, the question I really have for you is, uh, on the set, the uh, the rest of the actors, uh, they all seem to have this chemistry, this gel together. And uh, did you guys, like, become, like, best of friends when you were on the set? And, uh, you know, when you were, when you were working there, um, you know, was there any, like, stress level or anything like that? Uh, <coughs> Well, you know, we were like a second family, really, and like any family, we had our 
Ralph and I would have a spat every now and then, but not not serious, maybe a, a minor disagreement or something. And I'd knock on his dressing room as we were going on to the set. I said, we have to make up because I can't do the scene if I'm mad at you. So, you know, stuff like that. It was, it was minor. But, uh, no, I don't think you can fake that kind of chemistry, really, not, not sustaining it anyway. You can maybe do it for a movie of the week or a movie, but to do it every week uh, for eight, nine years is, I don't think you can fake that so we really had that kind of affection for each other we, uh, we definitely caught that and uh, it seems like uh, week to week uh, we could tell that you guys were close together it seems and uh, no matter what the storyline was for that particular episode the personality of the actors still seemed to be together and gelled and uh, that really brings together. I also uh, applaud the writers for at least developing some personalities, you know, in the individual actors' uh, characters. And uh, a lot of shows these days don't do that. Uh, it's all slash and bash and techno this, techno that, and computer this, computer that. I mean, you guys portrayed real stories, and I kind of like that. Well, thank you so much. I'm straining to hear you, just so you know. If I get really, really quiet, it's because you, you see, sound very far away. But I am hearing you, um, and, and I appreciate what you're saying very much. Um, you know, I think uh, it's Position a different... button there. There you go. Oh, thank you. Wow. <laughs> yes, much better. Um, we, hear, we, think... we can hear you now. <laughs> um, I, I think um, the thing w- w- was that it, one of the benefits of our show was that it they set it in a different time so they yeah. they you know it sort of stays in that bubble of during the great depression it stays right. there and um we don't have to add cell phones and all the stuff they have to put in now well being a techie i uh kind of related to the one episode where uh, john boy built a crystal radio set and I was right with him there. Um, I think he got quite a bit of flack from, I don't think, uh, I think either his dad or one of his other siblings that didn't think radio was a big thing back then. But uh, to me, it caught my eye because, uh, you know, being an engineer, I could relate to what uh, John Boy was doing, putting up the long wire antenna and all of that. But that is one episode that I really, really enjoyed and uh, followed closely. Did you think it was authentic? Did, did it work for you in terms of authenticity? Pretty much. Um, you know, you hit on something right there that uh, a lot of today's movies that are supposedly high-tech or, uh, you know, deal with radio or the technology of radio don't follow through very well. And uh, uh, I don't remember anything about that episode that uh, made me cry fraud, you know, or oh, fake. Oh, good. Uh, uh, you know, I was, let's see, if I was in high school, um, I was in my infant stages of radio and hadn't gotten very far technically at all. So mm-hmm. any information, uh, any exposure I got to anything to do with radio was going to go right into the realms, you know, oh, into the great. mind and into the memory. <laughs> so that's so, what, uh, yeah, what, that- that had a huge impact on you then. Yes, it did. And yeah. uh, uh, actually, it kind of mirrored what I did, uh, you know, a little farther along. 
my first exposure was radio, uh, to radio, was a little six-transistor radio that I had purchased with my paper route money and listened under my pillow at night so that I could hear the big, huge, powerful broadcasters, blasters in the country uh, through what they call Skywave. It's a, a nighttime phenomenon that enables you to pick up distant radio stations on the AM band. And we used to listen to KOMA and WLS out of Chicago. And I love those stations because they were energetic, they had DJs, uh-huh. they entertained you, and they played rock and roll. <laughs> uh, Michael Lerner, Michael Lerner is our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. We've got about uh, 12 minutes. Uh, I'm going to uh, bring it on over to Matthias. Uh, Matthias, uh, I don't know if you have any questions, but uh, we'll have you ask a couple, and then uh, I'm going to talk to uh, Michael about uh, her current project. All right, can you hear me still? Everything good? Yes. Okay, so I can hear you just fine. Yeah. Perfect. That's good to hear. Um, so yeah, my name is Matthias. I am the modern nightmare here on the show. I'm the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare. North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning EWI <laughs> Diamond and APW World Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> Got to get through that spiel every time. Welcome onto the show. Oh my God! Uh, who the God, hell? You're making me, you're making me sweat. <laughs> <laughs> there it goes. Um, well, uh, I know as Icon and um, everyone else was talking about you being on the Waltons, that uh, for for their guys their age, that's great and all. But for me currently, to know that you played one of America's most infamous serial killers' grandma in the hit the, the hit new infamous Netflix show Dahmer, I was intrigued once I once I saw that on your profile. So I just have to ask, what is what is what was it like getting to work beside the guy playing Jeffrey Dahmer? Because that show like was was everyone was saying, oh my gosh, it's so disturbing, it's so disgusting. Don't watch this stuff. But to other people that were like into the kind of stuff, like I'm a big fan of serial killers and I like studying up on them. And knowing Jeff Dahmer and what he did and stuff, and being able to play his grandma in that show, that really intrigued me. So what was it like being able to? be a part of that TV show or that Netflix show. And we got to add, the only reason why it's a hit is because you're on it, uh, Michael. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, it was for me, it's a job. And I was thrilled to get a job and work with uh, Ryan Murphy, um, who I respect very much. And I didn't know Evan Peters at the time, but he is the sweetest guy in the world. I don't know. I, I mean, he must be a nice guy because he gets all his dark side out in these terrible parts that he plays he played charlie manson i think too um so but in real life he's just a doll and it was easy to love him and i didn't i mean luckily i didn't have any only one scene where he's dragging a garbage bag full of body parts through the kitchen what's in that bag jeffrey you know you would think one would kind of say something about the smell or something but she she didn't i guess denial is a very powerful thing you know you don't want to think that that about your grandson exactly i know and like and when i read that you were his grandma i was like man i gotta ask about it because like just how it was just i had to ask about working on that show and being with the actor that played him because from what you just said and for him being able to play those dark parts and playing them so well and like when he was, as you said, he was such a nice guy, and then all of a sudden you see him on the show and he's arguing at you, yelling at you, and stuff like that, and you're threatening to, to beat him and be like, don't, like, don't make grandma hurt you, or you're coming to church with me this Sunday or whatever like that. That must have been 
that was kind of, I mean, that must have been an incredible experience. Have you actually watched the show since being a part of it? Well, yeah, but I, you know, I'm very squeamish. It's not my kind of show that I would normally tune in to see, but I watched because I'm in it and because I respect um, uh, Evan, and so I wanted to see some of the other shows that he had that he was in that I was not part of. But um, you know, it, it's um, he he. It's it's a trick to play such a dark character and play him with sort of without guile. He didn't play an evil, menacing person. He just played a, a regular guy. And it, it's harrowing that you could be sitting next to somebody on the bus who goes home and eats babies or something, you know, and you would never guess it. <laughs> yeah, so like there you are. And, and like when I like I said, I've been a big fan of serial killers. I like studying up on them and stuff like that. I'm a big How kind come? of guy like what, that. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, uh, we, we we don't have time to get into that. Well, I'm a I'm a, oh I'm a big horror. I'm a big horror movie fan. I've been a big slasher fan since I was young, growing up. And then just like because like they're like as you know, you you work beside a guy who played Jeffrey Dahmer. And one of my other serial killers that I like to study up on was John Wayne Gacy back in the 70s. And it's just like, it just intrigues me how, like, they got away with this for so long. Like, so many, like, John Wayne Gacy did it for six years, burying those bodies underneath his house. And Jeffrey Dahmer got away with it for some odd years, literally killing them in his apartment building, putting them in acid, cooking parts of their body and stuff like and eating them and stuff and getting away with that for so many years until one guy, one guy, like for Jeffrey Dahmer, the one Tracy Edwards got away and got the police to him or like when... uh, But even then uh, they didn't take him seriously. Exactly. They still didn't. They, They still didn't until they finally walked into the house or the apartment, and saw the pictures of his victims and then finally arrested him, they finally got the, the full story. And, like, even with John Wayne Gacy, they would never have caught the guy in six or plus years until that one kid, Robert Peace, the one that was, that was such a good kid that would never run away, never, like, until that one kid went missing, he picked the wrong kid, and that's how he got caught. And it's just, like, studying up on those guys and realizing how they got away with it I always wanted to be a forensic psychologist growing up. So if I could ever sit down with one of them, just be like, how did you get away with this? Or how could you flip personalities from being this nice, normal guy outside of life to where you're behind closed doors and you're just this sick psychopath who would do anything to just fulfill your own pleasures? You know, it's just, it's incredible. It's hard to, it's hard. I think that's why we watch those things is partly because we're trying to figure it out or come to terms with it in some creepy way. It's like, how how is that possible that another human being could do that to a fellow human being? Yeah, you know, it, it's exactly. It's, it's like, I, it's like I know, it's like I know Icon from football and I know him from this radio show, but Lord knows he goes home and, you know, he could be, cooking up his next door neighbor as a slice of beef jerky you never know it's like it's you never know who's sitting next to you until you find out the true the true colors and the true story well now we're uh, now we're even more worried about you uh than we than we were before uh, so i'm wondering if i'm wondering if icon likes beef jerky Ooh. well i have beef jerky I listen to uh, a lot of his interviews, you know, and 
it was it was quite creepy because he's a good-looking guy. He was a good-looking guy, and he spoke about it so articulately, as if he almost as if he were talking about buying a new house, about these horrendous things that he did to these kids. It was awful. And uh, let's uh, let's be clear. She was talking about listening to Jeffrey Dahmer's interviews, not my interviews. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Because it, it sounded like you were talking about you listen to a lot of my interviews and he's a good looking guy and but no, you were talking well, about Jeffrey Dahmer's interviews. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have uh, Michael Landers as our guest here. We got about uh, five minutes here, real quick. Uh, so now, you know, I don't know if you were aware of this or not, but uh, do you remember? And this is not a political thing here, but do you remember back in the day when uh, George H.W. Uh, Bush was running for re-election yeah. against Bill Clinton and. Uh, uh, he had a quote. He said, we need to have a president that's more like the Waltons than like the Simpsons. And people say that that quote uh, may have cost him uh, because people thought Bill Clinton was more like, uh, you know, uh, the Simpsons and uh, the, the Bush was more like the Waltons. But, uh, you know, the fact that the show, uh, the Waltons has stand, stood the test of time. Uh, and then, you know, I don't know if you ever watch yourself on TV. I know I would. Uh, but uh, do you ever, like, turn on, flip the dial, say, hey, uh, I'm on this episode, and then uh, people are sitting in the living room, and then you're sitting there giving audio commentary. Do you ever do that? With my kid, my my youngest son, my two older kids were teenagers when the show was on. But Luke and I used to sit and watch it every Thursday night at 8 o'clock, just like everybody else. And I remember once I was in the kitchen, you know, cooking dinner, and, uh, the, the music came on, and my son Luke yelled, "Mom, when that music comes on, it makes me feel so happy." Because it was the music was uh, was wonderful. I, I think it should have won every award that was ever given to the music on any television show. It, it absolutely made the show. It brought you right into it, and it kept you there. So no, um, I was... we watched it together, Luke and I, every every Thursday. You know. Every Thursday night, we sat there like everybody else at 8 o'clock and on CBS, I think it was, and there we were. Yep. You know, if I'm not mistaken, the Walls have had uh, more reunion movies than any other TV series. But, uh, you know, when you, know do, when you do like the, yeah, when you do the first one, you're like, hey, this is kind of cool. Then by the time you're like mm-hmm. doing like the Walton's wedding and the Walton's graduation and uh, yeah. uh, this and that, uh, you, do you ever get bored of it or are you still – you you still got to be proud of uh, your, your the lasting legacy you left on American television. Well, I have to say it's heartwarming, you know, when people come up and say you were a, a part of my childhood. Yeah, that's that's very meaningful. It's very humbling. But at the time, for me, it was long hours away from my own kids, and so I bitched and moaned and complained all the time. <laughs> I want to go home. I want to go home. But um, in retrospect. I, I I earned another family. I love these kids who are now adults and have kids of their own. And we are like a family, and we look forward to being together. We're going to be together on November 17th at the Hollywood Museum. They're having a kind of Walton's Night, I guess, or something. And uh, we'll all be there. And we, we have so much fun with each other. So um, in that respect, uh, we were blessed. I cannot imagine doing a series for eight eight or nine years with people you don't get along with. I, I, I can't even imagine. That would be kind of tough. Yeah, I kind of like this and show. And I think that would probably portray on the screen, too, as kind of like a cold or callous uh, personality or persona. And you guys didn't have that at all. No, you we were all together. together. 
Yeah, we did. And Ralph, and, and, Ralph like and I family. adored each other. Yeah, we were. We were. And we spent more time with each other than we did with our own families, unfortunately, for you know, for me and my kids. I missed my kids terribly. But I was I lived five minutes away from the studio. I made a point being close enough so that if I had an hour or two free, I could go straight home and be there with the kids. So they, and, uh, they didn't have, feel any pain. Uh, we have Michael Lerner as our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and uh, we got a, we got a few minutes here. Uh, now, uh, for those of you who listen to our show, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, you like that. You go to 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that. Do a $10 a month donation to Power the Tower. Uh, we'll get you qualified uh, to win an autographed picture from a past guest, a current guest, or a future guest. Uh, Michael, would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways? Because uh, i got sure. a couple fans that would really like to get uh, autographed of you, like my father and uh, KB over here. Uh, and I want to put one on my man, Cave Wall, as well. Can you text me? I sure can. I believe, okay. uh, uh, are you calling from your cell number right now? No, I'm calling from my home phone, but earlier we were talking on my cell. Okay, all right. So, uh, hey, you guys, uh, one of the Walton family members gave me their phone number, uh, and I don't even... <laughs> that could be dangerous. Yeah, I don't think back in the day the Waltons had, uh, in that era, that there was no cell phones. No cell phones in anyway, those days, nope. No cell phones available <laughs> back in those days. Maybe walkie-talkies. Right, uh, or our crystal radios. I'm just waiting for our, our, our next guest to call in. Uh, can you hang with us until our next guest sure. calls in there? Because we have a few other sure. questions. Uh, now, this reunion uh, that's coming up, uh, how, how far in advance do they have to tell you that that you guys are going to have a reunion? We're, we're having it, I guess it's November 17th at the Hollywood Museum. And we'll all be there, pretty much. I think even Richard, because he's in town doing To Kill a Mockingbird, which I saw in North Carolina, and he is fabulous. He's a wonderful stage actor. Um, the first thing I think I saw him on, on stage was Network, and he I didn't even know it was Richard. <laughs> I mean, he was so good. So anyway, he's touring To Kill a Mockingbird. He'll be in town, and we'll all be there on November 17th at the Hollywood Museum. And, uh, you know, when you uh, went, uh, and I, I did kind of touch on this a little bit, but when you're when you're watching uh, episodes that you did on television uh, and you you realize it lasted as long as it did and it has stood the test of time and it's still on, uh, you know, I know we talked about how uh, you didn't think it was going to last as long as it did, but did you think that after all this time when you were filming that it would still be on the air today? Never, not in a million years. No, no, we, I, I, none of us did. It, it's, it's, uh, it has become sort of iconic that show, um, and it's, it's terrific. I went to, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this. I'm double talking sometimes, but I, I went to Bangladesh. I mean, who would have thought the Waltons had hit Bangladesh? But there they were. People were just so warm and welcoming, and they, you know, we, I visit these tiny villages where the, there were no lights after dark, um, and they all knew the Waltons. It was amazing. You know, the other thing I was going to ask is, uh, and I know that people aren't going to care about this, but when I was a kid uh, going to uh, my daycare, uh, we, uh, most kids when you go to daycare, you, listen to, you watch cartoons or this and that or whatever. Here's what I had to watch when I was going to my daycare. I had to watch Bill Donahue. I had to watch uh, Family Feud, which uh, well, I guess wasn't too bad, and I also got to uh, watch The Waltons. Now, uh, 
people are like wondering, what does that have to do with anything? One of my favorite episodes of Family Feud that I watched was uh, my babysitter's favorite show on Family Feud was battling my favorite show. It was the Waltons versus the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, and I, I don't believe you're on that episode, were you? No, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't even. Know. Uh, but, were they the, the on at the same time? Beat, Maybe they were. Yeah, well, the Waltons probably would have beat the Dukes of Hazard if he would have been on. Well, I don't know. You know. Do you think so? I think the Dukes of Hazard was pretty, pretty popular. Well, but yeah. I mean, well, you know, uh, uh, the. Um, uh, and we're not going to get into it, but uh, yeah, the Dukes of Hazard did come out on top over the Waltons. But uh, you know, you've been on a lot of uh, different TV series, and uh, you know, you've had uh, uh, you've been on the little screen and the big screen. Uh, what 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 would you what do you prefer, uh, the big screen or little screen, uh, when it comes to uh, performing, whether it be on TV? Well, or I haven't the movie? done many many big films or anything like that. I, I I've done a couple of little independent films, but. Um, you know, film is film. It, whether it's for the big screen or for television, you're still doing film. The only thing is, uh, on the big screen, if you're working for a big studio, you have more time, really, to to do something. Whereas television is hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, and um, that sometimes gets very uh, stressful because you're, you know, you're you're constantly. You've got to do an hour and a half show in five days, whereas in a big feature film, you can do a one page every day, if that. You know, sometimes it's the army coming over the hill, and that takes that takes more than a day. But um, you know, television is rush, 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 and that's that's the stress of it for me. Anyway, it was um, there was never it seemed that there was no time to breathe long hours and um the weekend you sort of tried to recover and get the laundry done so you uh you're on the set uh what what like 20 hours a day i would guess sometimes it seemed like that um yeah sometimes it was a long day sometimes we'd go in at 6 or 7 in the morning and you'd come home at 11 at night it depended you know, if there was a weather problem and they had to reschedule everything, well, I'm sure you know. It's it's uh, it's up for grabs a lot of the time. And we have uh, Michelle Lerner, I guess, her on 89.1 Ken's FM, and uh, I know we're going over your time. I uh, just got a uh, text from our, our, our next guest. He should be calling in soon, uh, we hope. But um, uh, anyway... When uh, when you're doing all the uh, all the stuff that uh, that, that you're doing now, uh, you know, like uh, you mentioned that, you know, you're on the set all the time for the Waltons, but uh, on a miniseries, uh, you know, you film it and it doesn't like come out for like six or seven months after you're filming it, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But a miniseries is is great because you know it's going to be over. <laughs> Uh, when you're doing, a, you know, it's funny how ungrateful one can become after long hours for a long time. You finally, you're just so damn tired. <laughs> you think I, n- nothing is worth this kind of fatigue where you're so tired that you can't rest when you can rest, if you know what I mean. And um, that's doing an hour television show is grueling for anybody. And uh, even young, I was fairly young when when I started. I was 32 when I did the Waltons, and uh, I was in pretty good physical shape. And um, you know, I ran. I was a runner and danced and stuff like that. But I would be just exhausted on the weekend to the point where I couldn't even rest. If that makes any sense, where you're just you're sort of agitated. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, just yeah. talk to our, our, our radio engineer over there, the resident <laughs> genius over there. Uh, not only does he own the radio station, uh, uh, he's also an engineer for several radio stations, and he's on call. I believe it's like, uh, aren't you on call like 29 hours out of the day or something like that? Oh, no. 24-7. Fortunately, yeah, fortunately, the phone doesn't ring all the time. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm a contractor uh, as well as, uh, you know, this, the guy here. And uh, uh, being a contractor, uh, you've got to be available whenever they call, and that's 24-7. Fortunately, uh, uh, as I've aged here, I've been able to kind of halfway retire, so the demand isn't quite as bad. But uh, there were times, uh, especially during, like, thunderstorm seasons, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was amazing. This is a great little story. It was amazing. I could tell the direction of the thunderstorms in the the frontal system by who called first what really? radio station would 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 go off the air first and i say okay well that's coming this way or it's going that way i'll probably uh, have to go this place first then this place then this place and it would end up being like uh if it started on like a friday night for bad weather uh i'd still be working sunday morning someplace oh god and, uh, so you that, know that's yeah, that's pretty grueling. Yes, it is. And then you want to sleep. All you want to do is sleep. Yeah, if you can get to sleep. I used to yeah. pace the floor sometimes. I'd be so tired I couldn't I couldn't relax, you know. But anyway, yeah, I'm well, still here, and you're still here, thank God. And um, in retrospect, it was all worth it. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, radio has uh, uh, paid my way. It's paved, paved my uh way to living, and uh, it has kept me alive all this time. Uh, I graduated from Brown Institute in Minneapolis in 1974, and in 1974, that was my first job in radio. And uh, wow. that's actually when uh, one of the Waltons was in their hair. It was in 1974, as a matter of fact. Was it? Yep. Uh, it ran from, uh, she. well, it ran for longer than this, but she was on from 72 to 79. So right. uh, when... Yeah, so instead of some days, I'm sure, Ken, instead of doing homework, you were watching the Waltons. Well, the homework took a sidestep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one well, thing that, I do want to ask you, uh, it looks like our next guest is ready here. So I'll tell you what, I do appreciate you, Michael. Uh, you are so awesome. And uh, we, what, if we haven't scared you away too much, we would love to have you on again. Thank you. Absolutely. I, I've had a good time. Thank you. Thank you awesome. for being on with us tonight. It was such a pleasure and honor. I mean, you are an amazing actress, an amazing lady. I like I said, I've loved watching you all those years on the Walton. You were just absolutely one of my favorite actresses. I I loved you on that show. You were just absolutely fantastic. It was a gift to me, I'll tell you. So thank you so much. I'm rubbing it in. Uh, thank you, Earl Hamner. Thanks, Michael. And we will. De- I will definitely text you those. Whatever you can send us for autographs, we sure would appreciate. Thank you so much. Yes, I'll do that. Thank you, but Michael. But you have to text me. All right. There you go, okay. Michael right. Learning, have ladies a great and gentlemen. Evening. Take care. All right. Thank uh, you. Here we go. Uh, coming right from the Star Trek Enterprise, uh, uh, it just landed out back, ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the greener and walking down the aisle, our next guest. He is Danielle Indiami. Hey, this is Monumente Raymond. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday. That's two Mondays on 89.1, Ken.
FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the grandmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare Matthias, pronounced Mithias. <laughs> Oops, I wasn't supposed to read that part. No, you weren't supposed to read that, but that's okay. Uh, so, uh, can I uh, can I call you Manu? No, that's not my name. <clears throat> okay. How would you like Manu. me to address you so I know? No, I'm sorry. It's Manu. It's, it's Manu, Manu, like okay. uh, the first of yes. Manu, Manu. Okay, all right. So we have uh, Manu is no, our guest. You're on 89. Uh, we're on 89.1 Kansas FM. I'm sorry. Uh, I, well, that's that's just my thing. It's like I, I'm Norwegian, so I have trouble pronouncing things and sounding things out. Uh, we have uh, Manu is our guest here, and we're on 89.1 Kens FM. And uh, here's what we're going to do here. Uh, if you want to give us a quick little background about yourself, and then I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable with our resident Trekkie, and then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. Right you can call me whatever you want. If you, you know. All right. You can call me uh, Noodle Noodlehead Noodlehead if you'd like. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so anyway, oh, so you. I'm going to give you a background. Yes. That's how we start. Sorry guys, I just woke up. Um, I'm Bonnie Wintiaremi. I'm uh, I'm an actor, producer, um, director, writer. Uh, I was on Star Trek Voyager. I'm most known for my role as Echeb on that show. And I was on Billy. Uh, I was on uh, One Tree Hill. I played a character named Billy, the villain in season nine. I've done like 75 TV shows and films and, and movies over the years and uh, just live here in Los Angeles. So now when you uh, uh, when you got the role for Star Trek Voyager, uh and uh, you uh, you you're on there for uh, for a year uh, or two years actually. Uh, what uh, what was your favorite part about uh, being on Star Trek and being part of the uh, the sci-fi realm? You know, at that time when I was on the show, what wasn't my favorite part of it? Um, it was fantastic. You 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 got up and went to work at four in the morning on a spaceship. Um, it was two years of getting to. You know, those sets were so amazing that it, it was not hard to trick your act yourself and convince yourself that you were actually there. Um, it was three studios. It was it filled up, I don't remember the name of the stages, but it filled up three separate sound stages, that whole ship. So it was massive. It was, and the, the actors were great. The cast was great. The, they were great people. Um, the great writing, great makeup, great, you know, you're a part of Star Trek. I guess probably my favorite part was getting beamed up, and I was so excited to do that when I first got the role. I was like, oh, my God, if I stay on the show, I, I'm probably going to get beamed up one of these days, which was a letdown, actually, when it happened, because you just, they cut the camera and you walk away, and they start the camera again, and that's that. But then getting to see it, it's pretty cool. So now being uh, on Star Trek and, uh, you know, you obviously had to, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I remember watching you uh, on the show. Uh, now, how many hours did you have to, uh, were you in makeup before, before you started to shoot every day? 
Well, when I when I did my first episode, I was a Borg. I was this Borg called Second, and he turned into a character named Echeb that that wasn't so makeup intensive. But those first two weeks, it was a four and a half hour, uh, three and a half to four and a half hour chair uh, to get into that full Borg suit because they they put it's an entire body suit and there's different lighting rigs that go on it and. It's an entire bald cap makeup procedure so, uh, with a lot of crazy makeup techniques. Like they would put these little short hairs on, on top of my bald cap to so you could see that there was a, a little hair. And so they'd have me hold two electrodes so that my body was, you know, have it, having some electricity running through it. And they would shoot these things at, my, at the top of my head and they would stand straight up. You know, just really neat stuff that sort of made you feel like you were being assimilated. So I just closed my eyes and let, let them do their work and pretend I was getting transformed. Now, was that the, uh, was that the, uh, the role that you were under, uh, the most makeup all the time? Was it, was it that role or was there another one? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then each of was like an hour, you know, all they had to do for him was put that little nose bridge on and his little metal eyepiece, and then they would, like, just do a nice makeup on my face and sort of quaff my hair into that Ronald Reagan hairdo that they had. Uh, Manu's our guest here on 89.1 Kent FM, and uh, here's what we're going to do, Manu. Uh, We're going to do a little roundtable. I'm going to have Granny ask you a question, then we'll have our resident Trekkie ask you a question, then we'll have uh, uh, the Nightmare uh, ask you a question. But uh, let's uh, go with Granny. What do you have for our guest? Go ahead, Granny. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure and honor to have you on with us tonight. What was one of your most favorite episodes you did in Star Trek when you were on that show? Beyond a shadow of a doubt, it was an episode called Imperfection. And in Imperfection, um, each had gave up his cortical node to Seven of Nine to <clears> save her life. Beyond the, you know, he, he everybody said it, it was not the right move, that it was dangerous, that he could die, and he did it anyway. And I, I, when I read that script, I, I was like probably 20 years old, 21, and it was the first piece of, of, of television or film work that I knew was going to affect people around the world, that I knew it was going to touch people's hearts and make people think about giving up their kidneys and, you know, that was the whole metaphor is what would you give up for your friend or your family? And so I started crying when I was reading the script. I called my mom and I said, Mom, I'm finally going to get to do, you know, something that affects people. I'm, I'm living my dream. It's amazing. You know, I seriously called her crying. And then a couple of years later, and every couple of years, at a convention or something, someone will thank me for that episode and tell me how it, like, in Germany, this guy stood up and he had his friend with him and they had, they had actually given, his friend had given up his kidney and um, they were crying, thanking me in German for, for the episode because it gave them the strength to to know that that they they were going to be okay and wow. I started crying. I started crying on stage in front of like seven thousand people at this German convention, and they they started apologizing in German. Oh, we didn't mean to make you cry. And I I was like, no, like this is what it's all about, guys. This is this is acting. This is storytelling. This is 
This is amazing. Why we do this? This is awesome. <clears throat> uh, man, news our guest here. Uh, man, news our guest here on eighty nine point one Kent FM. We got about uh, seventeen minutes. And for those of you who uh, uh, listen to our show, if you uh, go to Attitude Era Monday Live Monday, you like that. You go to 89.1 Kent's FM page, like that on Facebook. Uh, do a $10 a month donation, Power of the Tower. We'll get you qualified to win an autograph, get, uh, autograph from past guests, current guests, or future guests. And uh, would you be willing to send a few autographs for giveaways? Yeah, you know that. Okay. Well, I, I knew that before I even said it. But uh, our, our our resident trick, he just kind of stepped away. Uh, he actually drove all the way across town to be with us tonight. But uh, uh, we're going to go with uh, the modern nightmare, Matthias. Uh, what do you have uh, for our guest? Go ahead. Well, first off, I want to welcome you onto the show. Yes, you're talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare. I won't continue off the same spiel as I always do. I always like to, Thank but, you. you know, well, I might do it now. But, uh uh, my main question to you would be, because I, I wasn't a big, huge Star Trek fan growing up as a kid, um, so my main question to you would be, um, what was the one, like, TV show, was there, like, a TV show or a uh, or a film that you did where you said, like, this is it, this is where I've made it? Like, for, like, wrestlers, it's like winning a championship belt, like winning the big world heavyweight title. Oh or, like, a comedian doing a specific venue? Was there, like, an, an, a thing that you did that made you think, okay, this is where I've made it, and this is where I've made it to the big time? Uh, no, I don't think that ever happens, to tell you the truth. Um, I don't think movie stars ever feel that. I don't think, like, Keanu Reeves or or maybe Robbie, Robert Downey Jr. knows that he's made it. I don't know. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm friends with some really, really, you know, big actors, uh, and they've shared with me movie star quality guys, you know, Marvel superheroes, et cetera. And they've shared with me that they're still trying to get that next gig. And, you know, actors 20 years ago were making $20 million when they were movie stars and movie stars these days aren't, aren't quite pulling in that dough. They're pulling in like 1.5, 2.5. Uh, and then they then the government takes half of that, and your agent takes 15% of that, and your manager takes 10%, and your publicist takes 10%, and then you're looking at a few hundred thousand dollars, you know? So mm-hmm. it's it's um, it's tough to make it in Hollywood. I, I don't think I've ever felt like I've made it. I, I, I get to do what I like to do for a living, and so I'm very humble and thankful for that. But um, I've never felt like, wow, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm a star now, you know? Well, you know, Manu, just, uh, being I, on this I, show, I rush, you no, know you've made it now. I get a rush up. What? Well, being on this show, I, you I know you've a, made it now. Oh, now I've made it. Yeah, no, no doubt. It's just, this show, that's, that's, that's what makes me happy. <laughs> um, but no, no, it's true. It's, it, it, every time I get to do work that, that I know is going to affect somebody that sees it, that's, that's when I get the rush of like, yes, we did this right, we... Um, for instance, there's this little movie that only like 20,000 people have seen on YouTube or something like that called Instant that I made with Roddenberry Entertainment, the, the guys that are doing the modern Star Treks. And it's this beautiful little film. And, and those 20,000 people, uh, um, I know each and every one of them that saw that will be affected by it. And that, So that's what, pulling a little plug here, but people should, should definitely go see Instant on YouTube. Just look up Roddenberry Instant. And I'm really proud of that little short. It's just this beautiful little short film, but it, it, it nails you right in the heart. And 
when movies do that to me, I'm so appreciative. I walk out of the theater a, a better person, a better man, more empathetic, more connected to my fellow human being. And um, that's, that's what it's all about for me. Now you have uh you have a lot of projects that uh, you're doing right now and uh here on 89.1 Kens FM here on Attitude Air Live we get most of our information from uh imdb.com and uh if uh, any of this information is inaccurate uh let me know but uh according to what it says you have uh, project I am Gitmo that's been completed Tales from the Green Fairy's been completed uh, you have Vice Virtue uh in post production you have uh Palado in post production you have the dead uh the dead city in post production uh you're filming at Ruthless right now uh and uh, uh is is uh is is that you're doing all that stuff right now, or is that uh, is a lot of the stuff completed? Oh yeah, mo- most of this stuff is completed. That they're, well, they're not completed. I mean, they're done with principal photography, so they're into post production. And a lot of times, post production of films takes longer than the, actually almost. <laughs> of course, every time post production takes longer than the shoot. Even those big Hollywood $180 million movies that shoot for eight months, it'll be another 12 months of post-production before they come out or more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Vice and Virtue is this fun little uh, movie about the, the god Vice and, and the god Virtue and, and them testing them, themselves to see who has more control over the human race. Uh, I play this vegan gangster in that movie that is pretty funny. Um Polito was this fun movie in Seattle that that there that's kind of like a, a John Wick type of revenge fantasy, except it's a comedy, which is a neat little twist on you know those I'm gonna go get them. They killed my dog. They killed my family. I'm gonna get every one of them. Um, but it's 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 actually pretty funny and not just like an action thing. Um, and it's all. The Dead City is my I'm most excited about. For five years, I've been producing this, uh, what I want to be a series called Star Crew, and The Dead City is the, the proof of concept pilot or the short that, that I can go try to sell and show uh, all the, you know, the streamers and the networks. And um, it's basically like Galaxy Quest meets Shaun of the Dead. Uh, it's super funny, and um, we're really, really pushing for Star Crew of the Dead City to to become something big. Well, I'll tell you what. Here, here I'm going to throw this out here, and I, I know Matthias will be with me on this. If you need anybody to come and be an extra uh, that uh, doesn't really uh, uh, get need to get paid, uh, just a, a place on the back lot to sleep on and a couple hot dogs, me and uh, Matthias would love to come work for you. Oh, you guys can come down any time. You know, we just finished shooting the pilot, and we we had an open call for extras to play Zombots. We had all these people put on. In in the movie, they run into this dead city on this abandoned planet where there's all these, like, 10,000-year-old beings that have run out of power, and they're now eating each other, and they were, like, sentient, half-robot, half-human, sort of like uh, the Blade Runner-type beings. And so they're they're called Zombots, and and they they look amazing. And we had all these we had an open call. A bunch of people flew out from all these different places in in, in America to come play these things, and they were they were really cool looking. So I'm I'm excited to show people next year. If we sell the show, we're going to need all sorts of characters to come help. So you guys are absolutely invited. Just if you see Starcrew on the air, give me a call and say hey. 
You said it's right. time to work. You know, it's funny. Those characters you described, that sounds like one of our uh, our other co-hosts. That sounds just like uh, the big thing. Now, one thing I do want to ask you about, uh, you know, being on Star Trek, you've obviously been to uh, uh, a few comic cons in your day, have you not? Sure. Now, I want Quite to ask you. you about this. Uh, we had uh, uh, we had Jack O'Halloran uh, on our show uh, about a year ago. Uh, he he played none in the movie uh, uh, Superman two and uh, one and two, and uh, he told us about when he was asked to go to Comic Con. And he said, you know, I don't want to go to a Comic Con. I, I I don't want to have a whole bunch of Trekkies coming up to me and say live long and prosper. And uh, when he went to his first one, uh, he wasn't really worried. Uh, the one thing that he was uh, most uh, thought about was how people came up and said you talk uh you know because in the movie he didn't talk but yeah. what was it like what was it like to you going to a comic con did everybody come up and flash a little long and prosper stuff like that what was it like when you went to your first comic con well I'll, i gotta tell you i was a little hesitant at first too because i i was on the show and uh, the the actor that played the hologram doctor Robert Picardo, I think when I did like my eighth or ninth episode, he's like, you've, you've been on the show for a while. You, you might want to start doing conventions. And I was like, I didn't even know what that was. And, and it, you know, he explained, you go, you, you bring some pictures and they announce you, you talk on stage, you sell some autographs. And I, I, I was uncomfortable with the idea of selling autographs. I, I was like, I thought people just, I didn't know that happened. I thought people just, I was 20, you know, this was, 1998 or something like that, and I, I thought that that was a strange that that I, to, I I'd want to give them away, um, but then everybody else is selling them, so you're like, if you start giving yours away, it, they don't want you there. Um, so yeah, I was a little I was a little uncomfortable with it at first, but then when I got there, I also didn't think anybody would care that you know, to come and take my autograph. Um, I didn't realize how big of a show and how big of a reach Star, Star Trek actually was. And um, after being a cast member for a couple of seasons, I didn't quite realize that I was, what I guess, what they call famous in a, a Star Trek community. So when I came out and suddenly people were lining up to, to, to get my autograph, it was pretty surreal. Um but I couldn't help but just be blown away by it. The, the first con I ever went to actually was um, the the one in Germany that I was telling you about, and it was just such an amazing event and such an outpouring of love. And, and uh, I, I was just I was just floored by how cool the fan base was and and how just just kind everybody was there uh, to me. And uh, I was just. Um, I was pretty pretty much addicted for the next 20 years or so. I've been I've always gone to conventions if people invite me because it, you get to meet people from the different cultures. Even when you fly around the states, you know, you, there, there's different little pockets of culture all around our country, and 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 especially when you go overseas as well, you get to meet uh, in different cultures and different cities. And like, who wouldn't want to do that, right? You know, another thing that's uh, really uh, a hot commodity uh, for you as an actor is, uh, uh, you know, memorabilia from uh, movies and from sets and everything. Did you uh, uh, did you uh, get to keep any of your costumes or uh, any of your, uh, like, uh, your nose? Did you ever get to keep any of that stuff? 
You know, unfortunately, they there was a very hard policy of not taking home any of your makeup, or, or you know, you get you get in real trouble for that, or well, the, or you know, any pieces of the set. But every actor did it, so <laughs> it's like the, at the end, it's, when the show ended, I think all of us pilfered something. Uh, I definitely took my nose and my eyepiece the last the very last day I worked on, on the final episode, I, I just ripped it off my face and stuck it in my pocket before I left. Um, but that's really the only thing I took. Then I, I also had all this, the, the different episodes that I did. I had all the screenplays and I had all the cast sign them and took those. But everything else is, uh, I've seen everything else that I had as far as my costume and, and props, et cetera, and different Trek museums over the years. But I, I I don't have any of it. Well, you know, because I was waiting to see if you were if you'd ever appear be appearing on an episode called Collectors Call, where uh, they have all these like people that collect all the different stuff from movies, and like you know they call you up and say, "Hey, uh, I'll give you a million dollars for your nose or something like that." Yeah, I actually did sell my nose for charity for quite a bit of money. I I don't remember exactly what I sold it for, but. Uh, some guy got that in Germany on for uh, at, a, at a charity auction at a different convention in Germany, like four years after the, the show. I held on to it for a while because it was just it was an important piece of memory for me. I had it, you know, framed and on my wall, and then I I thought, well, this can do a lot of good for. They have these charity auctions at conventions, so I I brought it to one and sold it. And uh, so we can do this here because I forgot to do it with our last guest. If our fans want to check you out and see, do you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? Yeah, I'm on uh, tic- I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Monuente Rene. That's at M-A-N-U. Last name is I-N-T-I-R-A-Y. M is in Mary, I. Um, pretty open, my on most most uh, active on Twitter, I, I go by the Facebook every now and again. My Instagram, for some reason, some those jerks took it took it from me. It's still there. You can still go go to it, but I haven't figured out how to get it back yet. Um, and I'm sort of a punk rock crazy uh, person, not at all like the character I played on my show. Um, so I'm more, I, I have more fun on Twitter because I can say what I want to say and do what I want to do. Well, you know, what I'll do but here yeah, is, uh, just at my name. since you've been on the show now, I'll, uh, I'll give you your, uh, Instagram back to you. Thank you. Gosh, I've been waiting for that. You know, all I have <laughs> to do is go to my dang computer and, and, and retrieve it, but I keep trying to retrieve it on my phone and it, I'm, I, I'm like a stubborn bull. I it just won't let me. And I'm like, ah. So uh, we, we got about uh, you know my retrieval email address. I forgot the password to it. You know, so when they when they say hey we'll give it back to you, go to your retrieval email. I don't remember that email's password. I don't know how to get in there. So I'm just like tech stupid. Well, yeah, you know, I'll tell you Facebook what. Uh, well, you know, I'll tell you what. Maybe I can help you with that. I've uh, I've helped several people with that. I would uh, uh, we we can we can chat later. I'm not going to. Uh, we got about thirty seconds here. I'm, we're You're not going to bore people with technical stuff. But I will, I will call you. and I will walk you through that. I'll help you get that taken care of for you. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you. 
Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, we do appreciate uh, you joining us. I do apologize for the miscommunication. I, uh, I know that uh, you got a big uh, Halloween party going on right now, and we'll yeah. let you get back to that. But you have been awesome, sir, and we love you. And uh, hey, if we haven't scared you away too much, we'd love to have you back on again. No, it's awesome, man. I'm glad to do this uh, an hour early. I get to take off to the party now. So thank you, man. And that was right, a take pleasure care, being here. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it looks like our next guest is waiting in the wings, but uh, before we uh, – uh, well, I, I don't have any other uh, – well, actually, I do have one commercial I can play here real quick. Uh, we'll take a quick little commercial break, and uh, then we will be back uh, with our, our, our next guest. And I've been waiting for this one for a long time, so we'll be back after these messages. As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you, who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow us to support local artists and musicians and play the music you want to hear, not what advertisers think we should play. It enables us to broadcast feature story news so you can hear the news, not opinions. Public Radio doesn't have an agenda. We're not in the business of pushing our point of view. Our mission is simple. Reflect your interests, not the interests of some corporation. If you believe that having an independent, non-commercial, public radio station in your community is a good idea, become a member now. Find out how by visiting our website at www.kensfm.com. And remember, independence has a cost. And it's as little as $10 a month. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the Valley Girl is here. She gave us the joys of lovemaking in the pink motel. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the gal herself. She is Heidi Holliker. Hey there. This is Heidi Holliker. You are listening. Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 89.1. Ken's FM with your hosts, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Messiahs. Attitude Era Monday, Live Monday, every Monday night from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. Well, how are you, Heidi? And uh, uh, I got to do this. (laughs) Happy belated birthday. Uh, I'm sorry I missed it. Thank Uh, you. Okay. Uh, she celebrated her 21st birthday on October 4th, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, 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 yes. It's amazing that I could do Valley Girl in the womb. It's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so really lovely do... to be here. Thank you so for here's having what we're gonna me. Do, yeah, here's what we're going to do, Heidi. If you want to give us a quick little background about yourself, we'll ask you a few questions, and then we'll... Uh, do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me. I'll ask you the tougher questions. I know you're looking forward to that, but go ahead and give us a little background about yourself, and we'll uh, do a, a question-answer session with you. I always look forward to the tougher questions. Well, let's see. I've been in the industry, um, the film and television industry, uh, for my whole life, and I did star in a lot of 80s projects, including the very lucky, wonderful uh, film Valley Girl, which is um, having its 40th anniversary next April 29th. We're going to be doing a big, big, huge to-do here in L.A. And uh, like I said, I've been in the industry. I was an actress for 12 years, and then I went into film production. And I was lucky enough to co-run Rick Baker's studio for nine years. When you were talking to your other guest about makeup effects, that's 
that's what we did in makeup effects. And uh, Rick has seven Oscars, so it was it was pretty phenomenal. And um, I am now and have been working at this for quite a while. I'm a producer and a writer and a show creator. I have my uh, a show that I've co-created with my my friend from seventh grade called Scream and Cry Horror Movie Review. So I'm really excited about that. And it stars my Valley Girl co-star, E.G. Daly, known then as Elizabeth Daly. That's awesome. And uh, 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 in a little while, we're, we'll have our resident uh, uh, horror film guru ask you a few questions. But uh, uh, I'm going uh, okay. to ask you a couple questions. Uh, uh, first off, I just want to know, what is it like uh, being uh, on, uh, on set with uh, Nicolas Cage? <laughs> um, that that is the question that that um, I've had forever. It was um, we were all kids, and none of us knew that Nick Cage was going to become Nick Cage. <laughs> so it was us just playing and doing the movie, and we shot it in four weeks and two days. We had a tiny itty bitty budget. Nick was did an amazing job. He liked to kind of pick at my character because kind of, you know, try to annoy her because that's his method. And it was, first they didn't get it, and then I got it, and I loved it. And, um, yeah, he was he's amazing. Everyone in the cast was amazing. Martha Coolidge, our director, who I'm still friends with the cast and uh, our director, just was, it was a very, very, very special kind of lightning in a bottle. That's awesome. Uh, Heidi Hollick is our guest here on 89.1 Ken Seven. We've got about uh, 28 minutes here. Uh, I'm going to ask a couple more questions, then uh, we'll do the roundtable. And like I say, i got uh, some of the tougher questions for you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> one of, uh, uh, of course, uh, one of my favorite films of yours will always be Valley Girl. And uh, um, uh, we're not going to talk about it now because we're going to come back to me. I'm going to ask you about uh, your costume from that because uh, I, I, I oh, okay. love that outfit. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, uh, so if you want to hang up, no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, those were my own clothes, so I'm I'm good with it all. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so uh, uh, one thing I I I do want to uh, our resident uh, horror film guy will ask you about is uh, one of uh, your uh, starring roles in the movie Eat or Be Eaten, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But okay, uh, you uh, uh, you actually did. Uh, 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 you did Valley Girl in 1983, and then you also did uh, Valley Girl in 2020. Uh, was it kind of like right. a like a remake or a, a, like a uh, what what was the connection there? Sure, MGM uh, owns the rights to to the film property, and so for about the last 20 years, we we knew that the cast we knew there would be a remake, and I just stayed in touch with who eventually produced became the producers of it. And three of us, uh, Deborah Foreman, E.G. Daly, and I each had cameos in it. And it, it is um, completely different than the original Valley Girl. It is, a, it is called a re, really a reimagination um, more than a remake. It's a musical. It's directed by Rachel Goldenberg. And it, it's really fun. It was surreal to be, to be on set. I, I mean, we all only, the original cast, the original girls, we all only worked one or two days. But... It was very, 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 very cool and very sweet of them to have us. And it's a, like I said, it's a musical like La La Land. That's awesome. 
we're uh, we're going to do the roundtable here. Uh, we'll bring uh, uh, another big fan of yours, uh, Granny Hulkster. Uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest, uh, Heidi Hollecker? We have 27 minutes. Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to Thank have you, Granny, and, and con- congratulations on your German Chocolate Cake Award. Oh, well, thank you. I was You're really welcome. surprised that I won first place. It was something different. I tried a little bit different this time, and it turned out pretty good. So I was surprised that I actually won the first place. But thank you. I'm very humbled You're, by that. You're welcome. So, uh, <laughs> of all the things that you've done in your career, what has been probably one of the most challenging things for you that you've ever had to accomplish or do well interesting well um a lot everything that that you do in any career is ideally it's challenging and you learn from it and i've worked in so many aspects of the industry from production to post-production uh to film distribution and producing creating a show so right now what i've been doing for the last year and a half creating writing and producing a show that is you're doing with one other person and figuring it all out that's been definitely the most challenging and the absolute most rewarding professional experience that I have ever had and we're in post production now and so I would like to kind of give us a shout out that it's called Scream and Cry Horror Movie Review and we're editing it now and it does uh, star my Valley Girl co-star E.G. Daly it is a um, it is a horror movie review with an awesome actress named Mimi Torres, who plays a 19-year-old goth girl, and she does a horror movie review with her very best friend, who happens to be a rat, and it's a puppet. It's a hand puppet, uh, puppeteered, and we have other characters in in the show, and so um, that's that's pretty exciting. So Instagram oh. is is uh, Scream and Cry Horror, H-O-R-R-O-R. So that, in everything, and I've done a lot of challenging things, this is the most like, combination of uh, rewarding, like I said, and, and absolutely, absolutely challenges wow. and pushes me. So I love That's it. Awesome. Amazing. Uh, Heidi Hollick is our guest here. We've got, uh, we're on 89.1 Ken's FM, and uh, we got 24 minutes. And those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you know if uh, you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era Monday Live Monday, you like that, you go to 89.1 Ken's FM page like that. Do a town dollar month donation to Borrow Tower. We'll get you qualified to win an autographed picture from a past guest, current guest, and a future guest. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Heidi might be willing to send us a couple uh, for the giveaways, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Heidi? I, I would be honored. Okay, perfect. All right, so uh, now, uh, Heidi, I'm going to introduce you to uh, the modern nightmare, the thought, Matthias. Now, the reason why he's the modern nightmare uh, is because he is a horror uh, movie fan, and uh, uh, hopefully he won't go into the stuff he normally uh, uh, goes into. But uh, one of his favorite films of all time uh, from 1986, uh, Eat or Be Eaten, uh, where you play Betty Jo Fertilizer. Uh, Nightmare, what do you got? Go ahead. My, first off, my mic wasn't on, so I, nobody could hear me. But There's uh, a reason for that. Uh, well, yes, you're talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, the current reigning defending EWI Diamond and APW World's heavyweight champion, 
Welcome onto our show. And he doesn't have an ego at all. Not at all. Um, I, I know. I, he's so humble. I love it. <laughs> but, uh, yes, as Icon did point out, I am a horror movie fan. I've been a slasher fan ever since I was a, a young kid growing up. Uh, but I'll start off with my main question for you would be, uh, sure. is, there an, is there an actress from like the past pre- or the present that you've always wanted to work with, like that you haven't gotten a chance to yet? Well, I mean, the answer would be from the past would be E.G. Daly from Valley Girl, who started in Valley Girl with me, and she started in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and she's the voice of Tommy Pickles of the Rugrats, and I'm so fortunate my producing writing partner Reed Shelley and I are so fortunate that she is producing with us and starring in our our horror show, our horror movie review show. So it's full circle. So so yes, I got to work with somebody that I got to work with again. So I I don't know if that answers your question completely, but it's it's pretty thrilling. Yeah, it does pretty much. Um it's just okay. like if there was anybody in the past you've always that like, you haven't is there one that you haven't been able to work with yet that you've always wanted to uh work on a project with? Oh, and it's okay to admit I'm that it's sure. me. I'm I'm sure it, it is definitely it is definitely all of you. So that's been a, you know, real disappointment for me to but now that we're working together in this moment, I I'm 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 satisfied. Okay, perfect. And then um <laughs> as Icon was mentioning you worked. Is there is there a specific uh, genre that you've always been in love to work with, or was was there one that's been your favorite? Like, because you worked in horror and stuff like that, which is one of my favorite genres. What is one of your favorite genres that you've ever been able to work a part of? Well, I I absolutely love comedy, and our our show, uh, Scream and Cry Horror Movie Review, is actually a comedy. So it's it's uh, a comedy is my thing that's that's what i absolutely love and that's where i come from and um and i've grown such an incredible appreciation of horror by watching and and co-writing all of the scripts for our show and literally watching uh, i don't know 150 200 hours of horror and i come from working for rick baker for nine years so you know i certainly have been exposed to the absolute best in the business um, so I've, I'm kind of become a, I'd say I'm a horror fan now. So then, as you said, you're now your horror movie fan. Like, what was one of your favorite uh, types of horror? Are you a slasher fan? Are you a, uh, or as a, like a zombie fan or a possession horror kind comedy. of girl? Horror comedy. Definitely horror comedy. Horror comedy. American Werewolf in London is a perfect example. Have which, you seen Tucker, my, my, like Tucker and Dale? That is distributed by uh, Magnolia Pictures, who I work in distribution for. So I haven't, but I have the DVD on my desk. Well, perfect. It, it, that is one of the uh, best horror comedies I've seen. It's just because how they're trying to kill these two guys, and they end up just accidentally killing themselves in the stupidest ways. It's just, it's just, it's just strange, but I enjoy it. Well, but I've been uh yeah, I'm glad. glad. I'm really glad you do. Yeah, no, that's it's Magnolia Pictures released. Uh, uh, distribution film and it's um it's one of the the biggest the biggest ones the biggest successful films for magnolia it's um does really well people love it and i literally have the disc on my desk with a few other films <laughs> to watch yeah and it, 
and I was mentioning that um, without a doubt, slashers have always been my favorite genre of horror because I just I grew up watching like Scream and stuff like that. Because Scream love was my Scream. favorite. I do love Scream. Yeah. Okay, so then and then I gotta ask, uh, what is one of your fa- is there a movie that you watch to this day that's horror generated that will oh that will still get you to this day like will make you jump or anything like that? Oh, The Exorcist. Absolutely, no question. That's all. That's a yeah. common answer. That's a common answer between guests. And uh, yeah. what, what would be the reason for that? Oh, Reagan head spinning, which was um, those effects were done by the the master Dick Smith, who is passed on, but he he actually mentored my former boss Rick Baker, and so I saw it. I saw it years and years and years ago when it first came out, but um, but then I was so I was so scared. I mean, just like. You, terrified and covers kind of over my head only eyes peeking out a little bit and anytime it's on anytime i watch it, it's the same reaction it's it's the you know the priest going through the window it's the whole thing it's it's brilliant yeah the one the one film that i always say always gets to me and it's because of a a specific uh kill scene in the film it's the original hatchet series uh the very first one when uh Victor Crowley catches his second victim and uh, rips her jaw open. Like I just, I watch it and I just feel the pain as it's happening. And it just, it some, it will just make me cringe. It never like makes me sick or doesn't scare me, but it's just like, just watching that is like, I, 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 it's yeah. It just yeah, gives me a yeah. kind of a cringy type. <laughs> and the way, and I know how the, that's done because having worked in makeup effects, not, not, doing makeup myself but knowing it's done by taking the the cast of the actor the actress and you making a mold and making a duplicate head and doing silicone and um and fabricating it and everything so i get i get how it's done i was experiencing it experiencing it and seeing it for nine years but still if it's shot right it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you're the one that made it it still scares the hell out of you Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I really we have Heidi Hall. You'll, you'll follow us. You'll follow our cool horror movie review comedy. Uh, we have Heidi Hallwacker as a guest here on eighty-nine point one Ken's FM, and we got uh, seventeen minutes. Uh, one thing I do uh, want to ask, and uh, um, and I'll understand if you turn me down for this, but. Uh, there is one actress that you mentioned. I was wondering if you'd uh, be able to hook us up with to see if uh, she'd be willing to come on the show. Uh, uh, E.G. Daly. Sure. sure, I'd be happy to ask E.G. I Absolutely. actually, I actually, I actually fell in love with her because she's the one that made Pee Wee's bike uh, what it was, I know. and uh, oh. I've been a fan of hers ever since. She is, she is uh, the coolest chick I know. She is. Unbelievably smart, brilliantly talented, and and I just I adore her, and so privileged to know her and work with her. And yes, of course I'll ask her. But the one thing you got to remember is it might be fun if you had. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, but the one thing you got to remember is not only did she play Tommy Pickles in in a kids TV show growing up, like when I used to watch it, but she also got to play a quote-unquote prostitute in the uh, Devil's Rejects, one of uh, yep. one of Rob Zombie's best horror films. And Rob it's just Zombie? like, yeah, and you, you, watch, you watch that film and you're like, 
Tommy, what are you doing? Like, you hear her voice, and it's just like, <laughs> and the dialogue she says is just, is incredible. Like, how could, you, you see almost Tommy Pickle seeing that, and you kind of get grossed out a little bit, you know? Oh, well, she's done a couple, a couple of Rob Zombie movies, and she is the voice of our rat puppet, Cry, and she will be uh, making another appearance, an appearance in our show as another character, which will kind of sexy and kind of creepy and basically demonic. So it's going to be pretty cool. And not to mention that. Not to mention she looks awesome in zebra print underwear and a shirt. Um, (laughs) Well, that, yeah, let's not forget that. That, that, The night before we shot that scene, I just asked wardrobe, what are we wearing tomorrow? And they said, well, whatever you, you come in with, Tomorrow, so I, I kind of planned out my little aqua t-shirt and my little exercise. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. That, now that, that kind of translated into what I was going to ask about. Uh, now, for those of uh, you uh, guys that have seen Valley of Valley Girls, um, uh, have known that uh, uh, there was a great little slumber party scene uh, for all uh, the guys that uh, you know are uh, in high school and like to stop. Slow mo, rewind, stop, pause, slump, whatever. Uh, which is which is one of the reasons why that film was great. But now you said that that was your outfit that you brought to the set. Um, um, almost everything that I wore in the film were my own clothes. Uh, we had one of the young boys, Sean. Um, and I don't know why I'm blanking on his last name, but Sean and. Um, and a fabulous costumer came to my house because I grew up in the valley and that that was my life. So it wasn't, those were the clothes that I actually wore and they took all my wardrobe from my closet and they brought it all to set and dragged it around. And so almost everything except the prom dress were my own, were actually my own clothes, which I um, still have the, uh, well, I still have the, the outfit where I go to the club. That, that's a, kind of a favorite of mine. And uh, uh, so, they put some of my clothes on some of the other actresses as well. Well, well, then I was going to ask, you still have the uh, the striped bottoms and the blue top then as well? <laughs> um, I think that's gone. I think that somehow disappeared. <laughs> so sorry. Well, I, w- I, w- well, <laughs> I was going to say, I thought maybe you had <laughs> like framed up on like your your woman cave wall or something. No, I, I have no woman cave. I have a big office <laughs> where I produce from um but i do have i do have the uh the party and club skirt and sweatshirt not that that's nearly as sexy as the t-shirt but uh those those are my favorite clothes and the and the little aqua pumps that i wore so now with that with that being said then you know you mentioned that uh, they were your own clothes was it because there wasn't a wardrobe budget or they just knew that you had had fashion sense (laughs) <laughs> well, um, I mean, thank you, but probably not keen fashion sense, just literally what, since I lived in the Valley, grew up in the Valley, went to Valley High School, and those were my clothes, and that was the literally the era. It was a couple years after I graduated high school, so those were my clothes, and I just happened to wear a lot of pink aquas and grays, and, and, um, and yes, we had a very, very, very little budget. Was the film was made for I believe two hundred seventy five thousand dollars, all in. You know, and a, so, and a lot of films yeah. you did in the eighties. Uh, you know, you were 
Uh, you know, he helped a lot of guys get through puberty, obviously. Uh, and I do got to be, I, I, especially me. Uh, uh, but anyway, I, well, hey, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, you know, so a lot of the films that you did were, you know, uh, had that sexual, uh, promiscuous kind of connotation. Uh, now, so you're obviously comfortable in your own skin, obviously. But, uh, right, but, uh, my, but my characters were always the good girl, if, if I know, you, I know. If you look at them, um, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, your 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 characters were always ones that you could bring home to mom and dad. It's yeah, your friends yeah. that you couldn't. Right, some, <laughs> some of them, right. So now, right, what, you can this, you can still bring me home to mom and dad, by the way. Right. Well, uh, uh, when, when you come to Fort, no, I'm kidding, Kari. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so now you. Uh, now, one of the uh, films I want I do want to ask about, and then we'll uh, we'll transition to what uh, you're doing now, because uh, I want to hear more about the current project uh, uh, that uh, you're that you're doing. And I'm, I'm going to try and get me and Matthias a job here before we're done here. But uh, one good. of uh, another one of my favorite uh, movies that you did, uh, the Malibu Bikini Shop uh, and uh, Rush Week. Um, okay. I just I just love those roles. Uh did uh did you get those uh uh because of uh one role led to the led to the next or did you still have to audition or did they call you up and say, "Hey, I loved you in Valley Girl, now you got to come do this one." That that's what happened. Um those were really small roles for those films, but they did say, "I love you I loved you in Valley Girl and um I have the small role, you know, you're available and drink absolutely as uh, as the amazing Michael Lerner was saying earlier, and I love that interview, and grew up with her as well. On you know watching her show, it you know it, you're always looking for a job as an as an actor or an actress, and so it was it was I was always happy if anybody would you know call and say hey I have a I have a role you want to come do this sure I did Pink Motel right uh, before Pink Motel was my very first film that I started love that with film Bill too. Stiller and. Slim Pickens, and my mother, Charlotte Miller, wrote for Phyllis Diller, and she's the reason that we came to California, went from from back east when I was uh, five and a half years old, and I ended up being able to do a film with Phyllis, and that was amazing, and uh, so that was my first film, and then Valley Girl was my second, and then, yeah, the others you've mentioned, Pete Motel, Joy of Sex. I did with uh, the same director, Martha Coolidge, and five of our Valley Girl cast members. And then tons of 30 commercials. I starred in Twisted Sisters, Leader of the Pack video, which was amazingly fun. Uh, John Mellencamp video, soap operas, General Hospital. I didn't star in it by any means, but I was in it. Um, other, uh, other stuff like you mentioned, Eater Be Eaten, that was Fire Sign Theater. Phil Proctor, who I'm still friendly with, he's one of the last ones still around, but Firesign Theater was huge in the late 70s college circuit, and in, I think it was 85, I got to do like a horror comedy uh, show with them, so that was uh, Heidi Hollicker is our guest here. Uh, we're on 89.1 Ken's FM. Unfortunately, we only got seven minutes. I wish it was uh, seven years, but, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the movie that you're talking about, The Joys of Love Baking, that's not what it is, uh, but uh, we can't use that. I don't <laughs> think we can use that word right now, but you actually got to be on set with two of my favorite uh, actors and actresses. You got to be on with Colleen Camp, uh, 
Uh, and yep. you also got to be on set with Doc Brown. What was that like working with Dr. Brown? Lloyd. Well, yes. that was pretty cool because my character had to drive this red Corvette, and um, I don't I don't know how to drive a red Corvette, and it was it was incredibly powerful. And I was supposed to drive it at this silly school scene and drive it up to to hit him to accidentally or get really close as if I was going to hit him, and I. I did not have any control of this car, and it just kept getting way too close to him. So he was very respectful and very nice. And Colleen Camp played the mother in Valley Girl, so we go way back, and she's very good friends with Martha Coolidge and my dear friend Lee Purcell, who played the stepmom in Valley Girl. So we all, uh, Martha would bring the same, the same troupe actors into her various films. So, yeah, Colleen, Colleen, I saw her. We had a big reunion at Quentin Tarantino's Theater a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic, and we had Colleen there, and we had Josie Cotton, from, who's one of the musicians, and David Pahoa from the Plimsolls, and Cameron Dye, and Michael Bowen, and Nietzsche Daly, and Lee Purcell, and just everybody. We had 17 people on stage that night for a so Q&A and you- everything. So when you had to try and run over Reverend Jim, uh, were you were you yes. going 88 miles per hour? No, I was going about three miles an hour and really scared. <laughs> <laughs> he was really uh, nice. He was very sweet, very lovely man. Heidi Hollicker is a guest here, and uh, we're on 89.1 Ken's FM. And uh, 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 Ken uh, has got a little promo that uh, he's going to read here real quick, and then we'll come back to you. We'll take a quick little break, and we'll be right back. Go ahead, Ken. Fantastic. Well, tonight at 11 o'clock, I'd like to join you, join us for a special Halloween treat on 89.1 Ken's FM. In the past years, we've run, like, uh, different radio shows. Uh, we run some classic uh, uh, mystery theaters and uh, also, uh, of course, the War of the Worlds. Well, tonight we're going to be uh, taking a uh, program from uh, Alien Voices, the series Alien Voices, created by Leonard Nimoy among others, and uh, it's the argument between Spock and Q. For those of you that uh, remember Q from the Star Trek Next Generation, well, the story is that supposedly an asteroid of huge proportions is headed towards Earth, and uh, the human race is destined to annihilation if this asteroid strikes Earth. So... Q has been asked, because of his powers, to divert this asteroid from Earth to save the human race. Well, Q fires back and says, the human race isn't worth saving. Well, Spock gets into this, Leonard Nimoy, and they have an argument. And you're going to hear that argument at 11 o'clock tonight, and it'll be interesting to see who wins. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, Heidi Hallwecker uh, is back with us. How are you, Heidi? Good. Uh, thanks for joining I'm us. Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> now, think about this. The only reason why the, uh, you know, things, uh, these movies have been accessible is because you're in it. But uh, the next project that you're doing, I'm kind of curious. Uh, are you looking for extras and uh, people that come on set and that work for free and only work for hot dogs and uh, place to sleep on the black lot? Mm-hmm. Are you looking for people? Because uh, both um, Matthias and I would love mm-hmm. to join you. 
I well, as soon as we are at that point when we when we do have extras, then we will be calling you guys. But we certainly would pay. We uh, well, we would not, and we would feed you really good healthy food. Not that I don't love hot dogs, but we would feed you all kinds of lovely food. Well, besides, would you be in on though. that? Like I said, I'm always down to do new projects and any sort of thing. So, if it comes to it, let's do it. Uh, Heidi Hallecker is a guest here. We got about uh, three minutes here with Heidi, so we can do this here, Heidi. If our fans want to check you out and see if you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, <coughs> Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got? Yeah, well, we have. I have an Instagram, which is my show, the show that I've been mentioning. It's Scream and Cry Horror, so if everybody could go check it out and log in and see what we've done, what we're doing. We're going to be launching the actual shows pretty soon. Right now you're going to see a bunch of really cool posters and images of our characters. And I am at Heidi Holliker on Facebook. Just send me a friend request, and um, there you go. Awesome. Uh, so uh, one, one thing I, I do uh, want to say, Heidi, is that, uh, you know, I uh, I actually met you through a mutual friend of ours, uh, Greg Gilbert. Uh, you were on his show. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, I, you know, I, I, I uh, he was on our show and, uh, uh, you know, I, I made a collector's card for him. I just had to know, what, what did you think of the collector's card I made for you? Uh, I didn't get a collector's card. What did, how did... How did you send this? Well, I sent it on I uh, uh, Facebook Messenger. I don't think I've ever seen that, but I would absolutely love to. Well, what I will do are then you, is you, I will. Uh, that would I be will, uh, fantastic. I will text it to you. Yeah, I will text it to you that so you can see. That would be great. I would be uh, very so, happy about that. Now, what uh, is there anything that uh, uh, besides your current project that uh, that you want to pitch that you want uh, fans to check out? Well, that's that's definitely what what's going on with uh, with our team right now. Um, scream and cry horror <laughs> on Instagram. So it's at scream and cry horror, and um, we uh, will also be developing, like I said, other characters. And so we, that we sh- we are filming again. We filmed in July. We've been editing nonstop, and we filmed start filming again in December. And E.G. Bailey's going to be bringing on a pretty uh, kind of scary, demonic character that you're going to really, really get into. We also have another character named Father Bill, who is a wannabe priest, who's a neighbor to our character screen. So it's just lots of fun, and it just keeps building and building and, um, and developing other projects as well. So it's... Uh, very busy, pretty much 15, 16-hour days, seven days a week is what it takes. But I'm awesome. very grateful and love it. Well, I'll tell you what, Heidi, we want to thank you for being on with us tonight. You have been awesome, and uh, if we haven't scared you away too much, uh, we will be waiting for your call. Uh, we'll come uh, We'll come work for you, and uh, we'd love to have you on again uh, so you can uh, talk uh, about uh, how you'll never let uh, Icon or Matthias uh, near you ever again. <laughs> oh, you guys are always welcome. Um, I would love that. That would be a, a real treat. And I will um, talk to E.G. Daly, and I'll talk to Mimi Torres and Reed Shelley, who has is my 
producing partner who has a lot to say as well uh, about all of this, the television series that he was the showrunner for about 20 years for NBC. So lots of, lots of cool people. For you to bring on your and show. We'll, 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 we'll get them all on. If you, if, they can, if you can get it set up, we'll take them all. Fantastic. Thank you. Awesome. Very sweet. Thanks, Heidi. Well, we happy, love happy, you. happy Halloween. This was a great way to, uh, to spend it. In all my, right. my pajamas, all cozy. <laughs> and happy belated birthday. We love you, Heidi. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you again. All right. Okay, Heidi Hallecker, we got about a minute and a half before uh, we got to hit our theme music because uh, Dr. Sp- uh, not Dr. Spock, uh, Spock is gonna, yeah, Spock is going to come on. Uh, but uh, until next week, uh, I know Matthias will be joining us next week. Am I right? Always. And Granny will be here next week. Absolutely. All right. So uh, until next week, uh, be checking our Facebook page to find out who's coming on next week. Uh, And as always, uh, love each other, be safe, care for each other, and we'll see you back here next Monday night. Same time, same channel, 89.1 Ken's FM, Monday nights, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. Don't miss us. We love you. We will see you all next week, and here we are out. You think you know me.